Hi, and welcome to the Palliators Podcast. I'm your host, fellowship-trained hospice and palliative medicine physician, Dr. Tara Kateen. This podcast is for healthcare professionals who want to become more comfortable and more confident in caring for their chronically ill and terminally ill patients. With the help of the physicians who trained with me, we hope to provide education and to promote palliative care one podcast at a time. We're so glad to have you here. Hey, everybody. Today, I want to give you a little lanyap. Lanyap is a New Orleans expression that has its roots in Spanish and French Creole. It means a little something extra. So today, I want to give you a little lanyap to hold you over until I can get ready for our next podcast. If it works out, I'm going to have a special guest host. I think it might be something fun for y'all to listen to. I'm not going to let you in on it yet. I need to make sure it all works out first. So today, I want to piggyback off the podcast called Don't Say That. It's our most listened to podcast. So if you haven't listened, you may want to go back and give it a listen. That was podcast number 13 and was about things not to say to patients and their families. Since that time, I've seen a few things that have made me want to do this little something extra podcast. I want to start with an experience I had when I was consulting on a patient who was dyspneic. While her resident and I were talking with her, her son called. The resident started speaking with the son on the speakerphone during the visit and told him that we needed to ship his mom to the ICU. I was worried how the son may have felt about using the word ship in reference to his mother. I'm sure there was a better way to word that. It reminded me of parents threatening their children with shipping them off someplace if they didn't behave. So after the patient gets to the ICU, the medical staff are going to have to talk about the possibilities of intubating her, putting her on a ventilator, starting pressors, or other infusions, right? So it's important to say those things in a way that people can understand. You're not going to intubate her and put her on a ventilator. You're going to put a tube in her windpipe and connect that tube to a machine. That's going to give support to her lungs, right? I think a lot of people might say, put a tube in her throat. I say windpipe because it helps with the explanation of why she won't be able to talk with that tube in. And when I talk about infusions, I don't say infusions or drips. And a lot of people do say that to families. I only say that to my colleagues. To families, I might say a medicine that will flow into the veins continuously like IV fluids do. That's something they're more familiar with. And when I talk about pressors, I talk about how this helps low blood pressure come up to the normal range. People are used to blood pressure needing to be brought down to the normal range. So I explained to them that sometimes low blood pressure can be too low, and that's bad. And a type of medicine called a presser is used to bring blood pressure up in the normal range so that blood will be able to flow to the most important organs. And it can't do that if it's too low. I don't use words like perfusion. I try to use the simple words and the syntax of a 10-year-old without sounding condescending or sing-songy. I won't use the word extubate without defining it first, but I try not to say it 
because it's hard enough for people to remember all the information they're getting without having them learn a new vocabulary. When the patient's ready to leave the ICU, I'm not going to ship her to the floor. I'm going to transfer her to another medical unit. When you use the word floor, of course, we know what that means. But patients or families may not understand that you're talking about another hospital unit. And they may think that she actually needs to be put on the floor. Since proning has become an important part of coronavirus treatment, folks are even more likely to think that there could be a therapeutic treatment that may be only provided on a floor. There's an abbreviation that you might want to stay away from. ED. When I was growing up, we called it the emergency room or the ER. Of course, it's not a room. It's a full department with multiple rooms and its own staff. Therefore, it's an emergency department. But a lot of people still call it an emergency room. If you call it the ED, they may think you're talking about erectile dysfunction. I've had a few people who've given me a perplexed look when I've said ED instead of emergency department. So if you're going to say ED, make sure you tell them that you're talking about the emergency room. So finally, let's take a look at the word aggressive. I often hear from my coworker something like, she wants aggressive care. Or the other doctors ask patients, do you want aggressive care? They're talking about life-sustaining treatments. Yet palliative care or hospice care could be very aggressive. For example, would you consider a nerve block or a ganglion block that's done by an interventionalist to be aggressive? I would. Would you consider a diaphragmatic stimulator for a patient with a spinal cord injury or ALS aggressive? I would. What about a laparotomy for tumor debulking? And if you think about it, an LVAD, that's a, a left ventricular assist device, it's one of the ultimate aggressive palliative procedures. It can prolong life and improve the quality of life. My co-palliator, Dr. Nancy Hart Wicker, who's also the Palmetto Palliator, she's presented at regional conferences on the aggressive palliation of the LVAD. So referring to aggressive care as only care that is life-prolonging is wrong. It's a shortcut that's incorrect. This reminds me of people using the word just when talking about hospice or palliative care. You know, there's more to it than meets the eye. There's no just in empathetically helping people find comfort, relief of distressing symptoms, truth, meaning, hope, and peace when facing chronic and life-threatening illnesses. It's often much more difficult to do all of that than just start a new treatment usually meant to be life-sustaining that likely won't achieve the patient's goals. So that's my soapbox, I mean my Lanyap podcast for today. I hope you found it helpful. Now let's get to the reflection. It's from Benjamin Franklin. It goes like this. Remember not only to say the right thing in the right place, but far more difficult still 
to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. Well, that's it for today. Please visit our website, thepalliators.com, and send us messages if you have suggestions. You'll find reflections and references from our podcasts in the show notes on our website, too. If you enjoy our podcast, please give us a good rating and review in your podcast app. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, bye for now.